Hi, and welcome to the Virtual Classroom Podcast. I'm your host, Kimberly Ring, and I'm so glad you're here. In the Virtual Classroom, I invite virtual teachers from across the country to sit down and talk to all of us about what it's like to be a virtual teacher. It is my hope that through our conversations, we can educate, collaborate, and of course, connect to build a tribe of virtual teachers. Thanks again so much for being here. Today on the podcast is the Apple Watch user, everyone. I'm so excited. It's Julie Harley. Woo! So excited to have her on the podcast today. Julie's life slogan, I don't know if you follow her on Instagram. Her her handle is educate muggles, just all one word. But her educational slogan is virtual teaching is still teaching. And she's been teaching for over 21 years. 21 of those years were in a traditional school. So for her to say that, for her to have all those years of experience in a traditional school, now teaching online for a year and a half, for her to still say that virtual teaching is still teaching has a ton of weight for me. So I'm excited that she's here and I'm so excited for her to share her passion about virtual teaching We talk about why they are the same, but also we talk about why they're different. So without further ado, here's Julie. I'm Julie Harley. I am from Toledo, Ohio, and I teach at Ohio Virtual Academy. And we are one of the biggest, if not the biggest, of the K-12 schools. And I'm not entirely sure of our enrollment, but we're somewhere around 15,000. We are really, really big. Um, I don't know why it just took off so much in Ohio, but it did, yeah. So um, our classes are all really big. Um, And I uh, teach high school, so I know um, there aren't too many of us on Instagram that are doing high school, but I'm a licensed English and journalism. I just teach English now. I started off when I started at the school doing uh, 10th grade and I worked in the credit recovery department. And then um, I had an opportunity to move over to what we call our main high school um, in January, like (laughs) the Friday before the new semester started. My principal called and asked if I wanted to move. So um, I took it and um, I'm now doing 11th grade doing American Lit. So that's what I've been doing this whole semester. And you know, probably like most of the rest of us, we're just continuing on like normal because we're virtual and we're using this time to, you know, kind of shine to the rest of the uh, country of the, you know, we still get to keep going. So that's me. That's it. I love that. And that takes me into my next thing because I keep hearing that, you know, and I'm not trying to, I I probably will sound a little frustrated with it, but (laughs) that's not what I'm meaning to anyone that's just like listening to this. But I keep hearing that they're inventing the wheel and I'm I like, know. nah, nah, bro. The wheel no, has been I know. I invented, know. it's been changed, <laughs> it has been worn out and yes. realigned. Like. Yeah, no, I know exactly what you're saying too. Like, I don't say anything. I'm a very like non-confrontational person, but like I see all these like posts in these places like coming up with like, do this for virtual and do this for virtual. And I'm like, we've been doing that, you know, we're already yeah. doing it, you know? And they think, like you said, that you're they're being innovative and <laughs> and I'm like no you're not you're just not asking for the manual like yeah you don't even right yeah that a, well and and to be fair there's not a manual that's what uh, that's no. why I'm going back for my doctorates because I feel like 
there should be yes for i love that for our there's a lot of research out there just for anyone that wants to know there's a lot of reach out there for Mm -hmm. uh like college online but there's not really any as far as like best practices for k through 12. Yep. I just did, I finished my master's degree um, last uh, December in educational technology. That's what I'm I'm going for. Yeah, we focused a lot in that. And um, and it was, uh, that's how I learned to do a lot of the stuff that I do in my classes is stuff that we, we did, you know, for projects and whatnot. So there was a little bit there and I wasn't sure I was thinking about going, do I go for English or do I go for educational technology? And I thought, you know what I mean? Not that I know everything about English, but like you can, you can learn that I can, you know, find a book or whatever, you know what I mean? But it's like the educational technology. I was really interested in getting better with that. And well, learning it, more about that. You, you like you've been changing. You've been you changed your courses, and but educational technology you can use regardless right, of what your content right. is. So right, yeah, right. absolutely. Yeah. So yep. Um, yeah. that's my. I mean, I, I I I love that. I love that you were just like, yep, going for it. Yep. <laughs> it made that change. <laughs> yeah. I really yeah. admired you because if it would have been me, I'd be like, nah. <laughs> we'll wait till <laughs> this summer to make that decision. Yeah. So, but nope, I, I really yep. admire you and a high five for making that, that big Thanks. jump. So, yeah. But, yeah. I was, um, yeah. I, I, I wanted to get into the main high school. So it was kind of like, I didn't, that was my end goal. And I was afraid that if I didn't say yes, then that it may not come around because our English department does not turn over. We just have a lot of really happy teachers that really like what they're doing. So we don't have people quitting or leaving. So it's hard to get in to my school period. And it's even harder to get into main high school English. So I was like, Oh, I got to do it. <laughs> oh, I got, yeah. I remember you saying that. And I remember you saying that there wasn't a big turnover. So thank you for reminding me of that. Yeah. And, yep. Um, not at all. Yeah, I tried for I took, years to get in. Oh, sorry. Oh no, me too. I was about to say, that's the only reason why I took third grade <laughs> in, um, <laughs> at my school because we had that big retention law in elementary and oh, right. I was like, I don't want to yeah. do it. And yeah. I will for this one school. My husband was even like, I thought you said you were never going to teach third grade again. I'm like, <laughs> I just want to get into this school. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. If they offered me kindergarten, I would have done you it. You would have taken it. Yeah. Like in Ohio, 10th grade is the only high school English tested subject. So I definitely didn't want to be there, but I was, you know, again, like you, okay to take it because I was like, I'll take, I'll do whatever, you know, <laughs> Absolutely. I just wanted to get in. So, so back to, um, you know, this wheel being invented. And I, yeah. I, I really love now because I've always felt like we were, I don't know the right word uh, for it, but like y'all aren't real teachers. Like, yep. <laughs> and yep. that's your big thing. And, and so <laughs> yeah, teacher or online teaching is teaching is yes. your, like your yeah. life slogan. So yep. yeah. tell us more yeah. about that. Well, so I, like you kind of started to notice when I would, um, tell teacher friends that I had gotten a job at my school and they'd be like, Ooh, you know, like, why would you want to do that? You know? And I, and I thought, well, you know, I actually really like it, you know, I mean, yeah, it's not 
the same as brick and mortar. It's different, but it's no less. And so um, just because I'm pretty active on Instagram and I was desperate to find our community. Like I found tons of high school teachers, tons of English teachers, um, tons of elementary teachers doing like amazing things that I follow. But I was like, where are all the virtual teachers? You know, we're important too. So that was sort of where I kind of started um, on Instagram is just trying to find that community. And then once I found that community, I realized that it was pretty small and I didn't, I've never gotten the feeling from like anybody there that we're not real teachers or we're not a real school, but I have definitely seen that, um, you know, throughout my teaching. And I even remember talking to one of my friends, um, who I teach with, um, here at Ohio Virtual Academy. And she had uh, told someone that she had previously worked with that she had applied at my school. And the person was like, no, no, you don't want to do that. That's like career suicide. That's terrible. And, and she was like, I, I don't understand why she, you're saying that to me. You know, it's great. I love it. I'm excited to be here. And so again, just another person that kind of had that sort of attitude of it not being real teaching. So I got started thinking, how can I get this out there? How can I make more people aware? And, you know, I love stickers. I've got them all over my water bottles, all over my laptop, all over my desk shelf over here. Um, I just really like them. So I thought, you know what, I'm going to start making some stickers for virtual teaching because I know there have, there has to be more people out there like me, like you, Kim, who are really proud of what we're doing and want to show the world that, you know, virtual teaching is still teaching. So I started creating that sticker and then a couple others. And so I've just really been trying to promote our virtual teaching um, to everybody to say, hey, you know, I work just as hard as you. And, you know, I make the connections that, that you don't think I make. I make them with my kids. Absolutely. Yeah, That's so. one of, on my sticker, I put BT, like for virtual mm -hmm. teacher, but I know most people aren't going to know what that is, but it's definitely right, a conversation right. star. Like you're living <laughs> oh, your best VT life. What is a VT? That's a good point. Yeah. I didn't think of that. Oh, <laughs> there you conversation go. Conversation <laughs> starting. Good job. What's a VT? Uh, it's a virtual yeah. teacher. I'm a virtual teacher. I'm living my yeah. best virtual teacher life. What's that? Yeah. Uh, and I, um, I have my portable monitor. I, I go to the coffee shop. Well, not yeah. right now, but once a week. Yeah. And they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> I, and there's a whole coffee group there of men, right. just elderly men. And they're like, they elderly, they're like, <laughs> What's this lady doing? what is this lady taking over two tables with her virtual, like with this portable? And who is she talking to? And yeah. Uh, well, on Wednesdays, I don't typically talk to anybody okay. <laughs> but, um, because it's our, just our work day. Got it. Perk. But, yep. um, but, uh, yeah. So I'm like, oh, I'm a virtual teacher. And they're like, oh, my daughter, my daughter's a teacher. She would love to be at home. Yeah. And then they, they start asking, they ask me all kinds of questions. Right. But, right. Um, yeah. I but, talked to, oh, no, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, I talked to um, a friend of mine the other day who um, he's an administrator at um, a brick and mortar school and just got to chatting about like, you know, virtual teaching. And he had said something along the lines of, I would think it would be really hard to connect and communicate with kids. And I was like, no, actually the complete opposite of that. Because, and I pointed out to him, I'm a little bit of an introverted person normally too. I mean, I like, I can talk, but like, I, I don't like video as much, you know, but I, I do it. But 
and in in like front of big crowds i kind of shut up a little like i don't i don't like that kind of stuff um and i have students that are like that too kids that don't want to talk in front of their class kids that are terrified that they're going to get made fun of because of what they might say you know or kids that don't want to share a part about them and so i was explaining to him that i have kids that communicate more and connect with me more through this virtual environment than they would with the brick and mortar teacher. And he was like, oh, I never thought of that. I never realized that virtual teaching can be something that is a positive for a whole group of not only students, but teachers as well. But so he, he you know, I really opened his eyes to that. And I, I liked that, you know, he, as an administrator, he could see, oh, that, yeah, there's this other option that my public school is not the only way to go. Absolutely. So. Uh, I, my kid, my, one of my students was supposed to be working on his assignment and I popped into his <laughs> breakout room and, and I could hear like this YouTube channel that my son likes oh. to watch. It was a uh, FGTV and yeah. um, I'm like, oh man, Duddy's still funny. And the, he's like, you know who Duddy is? And I'm like, yeah, F yeah. I love Sean. And I started singing yeah. like, the sh uh, like the song that's popular oh, right. there. And we were right. able to make that connection right. in a way that, in, that was organic. It wasn't like, yeah. what's your favorite YouTube show? Right, like, right, right. Um, it was just totally organic and yeah. our connection was like more founded because of it. Right, and, um, yeah. It didn't feel forced. It was just, anyway. And that's what yeah, I, I love that. about virtual teaching is that we are literally going into their homes. Right, where right, teachers exactly. have never been before. It's yep. un that part is uncharted waters for a lot yeah. of these, these yeah. teachers. And I'm like, I'm in their house every day. Right. I'm making home uh, visits every day. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm in their hand too, because yes. anytime I was in brick and mortar, I never texted my students, but yeah. I text them all the time now. And as we know, this young generation, the Gen Z kids, they um, communicate best through texting. They don't like the the face to face. They don't like the phone calls and the you know the talking. But they'll answer I'm a, a text little bit sometimes. Like them. So that's I know, me too. <laughs> I shouldn't say it's just their generation because it's me nah, too. But. That's but I yeah, I use Classcraft for my yeah. class. I think a lot of them have it either on their computers or on a tablet or something like that, and they're right. messaging me through that. And right, so right. I'm not just talking for in the elementary world. I feel like a lot of times I'm talking to their parents. Yeah. But and and using that kind of technology, I'm actually talking directly to my students, which right, is really right really awesome so right, um, right so I would I would argue that in the beginning when I first started here uh making those connections was hard in an mm -hmm. elementary world because I like bet. I said yeah. a lot of times I'm not calling them I'm calling their parents yeah and yep. but I will say over the years as I've learned more about technology and um, right and classroom engagement in our world it has I would definitely say I'm more on your side now that right right I'm making these stronger yeah. connections with my students in a way that I never could in my traditional right. classroom. So. Right. And it's the norm sort of in high school to connect with the student um, unless there's an issue or, you know, the parent, you know, reaches out to you. But otherwise, I, I contact the kids um, complete all the time, but right. they're older. But I was even just thinking, too, with your kids that... Um, you know, learning all of this digital etiquette and like things to use, all these tools, it can even be part of like 
their education that, you know, learning how to communicate with an adult through a digital tool that, I mean, that's us. It's now, it's the future. It's even more so now with everybody being at home, you know? So that's a good tool for them to be learning to like start out communicating with the teacher that way. And, it's definitely something I should probably yeah. instill more. I, mm-hmm. I got a, I got an email from one of my students and I assumed it was one of the parents and oh. she's like, what do you, what I, I called back refer, like to talk about the email and she's like, what are yeah. you talking about? I'm like, oh, I got an email from you. And she's like, oh no, no, that was, <laughs> that, that must have been good. him. And I'm like, yeah. oh wow. Like, <laughs> my fourth grader right he had really email. good spelling and grammar it was it was so like wow. I thought it was one of my the parents and that's funny yeah so it's definitely something I should probably instill more yeah yeah um, well and then by the time they get to middle school and high school when they're focusing on just talking to the teacher themselves and it's you know then yeah. they're already sort of good I should definitely do that yeah. next year um with them because fourth grade not that far away from right um right and it's also would be good practice for their writing test mm-hmm. and when they're in fifth oh, grade yeah. so there yeah, you go good yeah good yeah there um I like it so let's go back to uh this mindset that some i mean i'm i'm positive that now most teachers who are <laughs> being forced to be virtual now do not have the same mindset yeah anyone who still does why do you think they even have that mindset yeah you know I think it's because they don't know I think that they haven't taken the time to maybe talk to a virtual teacher or look inside a virtual classroom um you know and if you've never had maybe even like a child with any sort of challenges I think it's harder to see what education can look like all the different ways because you know people homeschool for certain reasons you know people do virtual school for certain reasons people choose like religious schools or art schools or like in my um city we have uh some different um uh type of high school so our public school you can go to one and this one's like all technology and you go to this one it's all like an art school so you know there's different reasons why people choose schools so i just think that you know maybe you have to they should step back and think of that why it might work i have a lot of kids as i'm sure you guys do too um i have kids who have a lot of medical issues i have um students who are taking care of like an elderly adult or a sick adult i've got a student right now whose mom is um, really struggling battling cancer and my student is the parent in this house to all her younger siblings because mom's you know battling something so I just think that if they would step back and look at like all the different reasons that people might choose a school I don't think they're doing it because like oh they hate public school or something like that they're just doing it because it fits better in their life so I don't know. I guess that would be my suggestion is, you know, come sit with me in my office for a day and see what I do or, you know, come see what one of my classes are like. And you'll see that, like I said, virtual teaching is still teaching. I'm teaching. I'm grading. I'm, you know, I'm creating great lesson plans. And the only thing different is I'm not face to face. I'm like you said, I'm in their homes (laughs) doing it that way. So, so I just think they should take a look at it. So let's, let's take a second and educate these people. Um, <laughs> and not, and I, and that might sound rude. In a nice way. No, <laughs> I know what you're in saying. <laughs> but they, hey, we're teachers. We should always want to learn. On the podcast, they can't see my face right now. So I, I feel like I need <laughs> I to be a little verbal. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so let's do a second and just teach these friends. So first off, I hear a lot that uh, our school is homeschooling. Yeah. But. It, it, it's not 
So let's take a second yeah, and talk no. about like how it's not. Yeah. In your opinion, how well, is it not homeschooling? You know what? Because we we might be a charter school, but we're fully accredited and we have a curriculum. We have um, requirements. We're we're held to the same standards as our public schools. The kids have to pass um, the state tests. Um, they have to uh, log in a certain amount of hours, um, just like you would attend a brick and mortar school. So we have all of the same requirements. Um, and, you know, I think homeschooling can be a little lax, especially depending on um, the state you live in. Uh, there, the laws might be a little bit more lax where you don't have to take your kid for testing or you don't have to turn anything really in um, to your district or anything like that. So that that's a big difference is where homeschoolers can kind of do what they want. They don't have to follow any of the state's um, requirements. They can just sort of do whatever. Uh, you know, I mean, there's even homeschoolers that do unschooling where they don't do any formal teaching at all. They just learn from life. And that is not what we are. I mean, we have an aspect of that because our kids can um, log like outside hours for doing things. Like if they went to um, like a violin lesson, they could log some hours because that's still educational. If they took a field trip to the zoo and learned about, you know, the critters there or whatever, that can be educational. So we do allow a little bit of that aspect from homeschooling into our school. But for the most part, you know, we're straight like, it's just like a regular school. We have textbooks and they have assignments and they're graded. There's quizzes, there's tests. I mean, it's really, it's very different than, um, than homeschool. The other thing is too, is that um, we have a pretty strict schedule, especially in the high school, like math is at this time, science is at that time, English is at this time, you know, so you have a schedule where you have to go to your classes just like you do in your high school environment. Um, I know it's the same way too in the middle school and the elementary school. So I mean, homeschooling, you just learn when you want, you know, there's no schedule. So yeah, those are the was, big things I see. And the big thing I see is that the parent is the teacher. Uh, in, oh, that in, too. In a <laughs> I forgot about that part. <laughs> no, it, it's like that is the teacher. She or he gets to decide what they're going to do, when they're going to do right, it. Right. And in our world, I call it schooling from home, but mm -hmm. I, I think is yep. there might be a better way to, to describe what we do, but yeah, I'm still the teacher. I'm the yeah. one that's leading the live lesson right, and deciding right. what lessons we're doing every right. single day. Right. I'm the one monitoring that progress and, um, and grading assignments. Now yeah. I, w I don't want to say parents aren't because they're more than a parent and that's part of the mindset too is yeah. uh, we call them learning coaches, but yeah, our school does too. Um, I would say maybe a teacher assistant yeah. is something that more that they could probably understand what, you know, what their role is. So, right. Uh, and they're probably a lot more involved at your level. Yeah. With the younger kids. Cause well, I mean, one of my daughter, <laughs> yeah, exactly. My, one of my daughters did, um, you know, was, we, she started um, OHVA in fourth grade, I think it was. So I had to do a lot more with her, you know, taking the teacher's assignments and then making sure that she's finishing them and making sure she's understanding. But at the high school level, unless it's a kid with like um, some learning challenges, 
I don't see too much parent involvement other than checking their grades and, and, you know, making, Hey, did you get your work done? That kind of thing. So it does sort of evolve as they get older, but um, the parent is still a very important part. And like you said, we do call them uh, learning coaches as well, but I'm sure there's a lot more coaching going on in the elementary level than, yeah, than the I, high school. I would say that each level would need a different amount of coaching, yeah. um, but needs at least a minimal amount of coaching. For sure. Yeah. Um, because this is what is different. I guess we talked about the differences between homeschooling and I guess this would be the differences between a just traditional school brick and mortar mm-hmm. is that parents don't, don't and can't or shouldn't and then I guess maybe another word I should use yeah. should not <laughs> just assume that if you put your kid in front of the computer, it right. grasp everything because that's just right. not the case. Uh, like even my son right now, mainly his school is um, reading eggs and math mm-hmm. seeds and ABC mouse. But right, and a lot of that, that he stuff. can. Well, he can do a lot of it right. independently. But I'm right. still like hey, what did that book say? It's like an opposite. It's like, okay, what is the opposite of small? Even though the book just said big, I want to make sure he- That he knows that, yeah. Teachers, kids, those poor kids. kids. (laughs) I do it too. (laughs) But that's the kind of stuff that um, I guess would be different Yeah. traditional school is that parents don't just can't and shouldn't just drop their kid off at school and then come back and pick them up at the end of the day. But- uh, but so there is, there is, and needs to be a lot of parental involvement in order for them to be successful. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Go yeah. Ahead. <laughs> well, in, at the high school level, I think the parental involvement too is a lot more like just that redirecting because, you know, when the kids are younger, the parents there and probably on them a little bit more, but I have kids who um, are the only one in the house sometimes all day long. And if the parent's not there saying, Hey, you know, come on, get your work done. um, Then that's where we see the kids start to slide a little bit, but you know, hopefully it's usually pretty easily corrected, but, um, but yeah, definitely it's, you know, different roles for different grades. Absolutely. So who, um, so thinking about just educa- uh, educating these people with a negative mindset for yeah. us and teacher teaching online is teaching. Yes. Um, I, I think there's some people that think I'm not doing anything. At all. <laughs> like, like I remember when I first started here, people were like, Oh, you know, come help me with this. I'm like, I have I'm class. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> So I know. I think that to also because a lot of times when people work at home, they are a little bit more flexible. And I do have some flexibility, as I'm sure you do, but not when I have a class, not when I have a meeting, you know? I mean <laughs> Absolutely. I was gonna say that like I and I mentioned this before, like I have the ability to like go to my son's like Valentine's Day. Yeah. Um, and I love that. I don't have to yes. take like a whole day or a half day. Right. I can just say, hey, to my team, hey, my son has this Valentine's Day party. It's during our last class of the day. Right. Can, you, can they come to your class? I'm like, yeah. yeah. And I can just use like Yay. an hour of personal time. I don't have to use yeah. the whole yep. day. So whole day. I know. I love the hour just using an hour. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I love that I um, have that kind of flexibility in a way that a school, a teacher down the street does not. Right, right. But I still have, I'm still teaching. Like this is still my job. (laughs) So what does a typical day look like for you? 
Yeah. So um, my we teach one class a day, and I know people are going to go, "Oh, well, that's all you have to teach." Okay, I I understand. I have uh, approximately a hundred and ninety kids right now, so my English slot time is um, from nine fifteen to ten ten. So uh, we start at eight o'clock. So I'm usually checking emails from the night before, or um, oftentimes making sure my slides are set, <laughs> ready. You know making sure they're updated and ready to go if I'm reusing something from, you know, a previous year or something. And um, so I do that, get ready to go, teach my class. And then a lot of times I'm in class a little bit longer because someone's got a question or somebody wants to chat. And so I generally, I try to hang out. If someone wants to hang out and chat, I'll stay there because I feel like the kid's probably craving something. You know, I realize that they are isolated even if um, they're a kind of person that's more of a homebody or more introverted and likes to be home, um, I do realize they're recognized that they are isolated and that sometimes they just want to chat. So we'll, we'll chat a little bit. Um, then after that, like the first thing I do, so I don't forget is um, I, um, we, we share our slides. So I post the slides in the course. So anybody that missed class can go grab the slides or if they want to take notes from them, um, or like click any of the live links that I had in there, or watch the videos. And then I post my recording because that's the other aspect is um, in high school, we have a lot of asynchronous learners where um, the kids just do it on their own and we kind of just leave them to it. If they would rather watch recordings and complete the work on their own, um, we do allow that to happen. Um, and then the third thing I do then is my attendance right away. Um, I just make sure I notate who was in class and um, <laughs> who my lingerers are. I often have four or five, sometimes more, kids who um, don't log out because class ended and they didn't realize it. So I notate that because sometimes that comes back into play later if, you know, a parent wants to know why, you know, their student might not be doing so well. And I'd say, well, you know, um, for the, about the last 15 classes, I've had to remove him from class because, you know, he doesn't even realize class ended. So that tells me, you know, he might not be paying attention, you know, so, um, so anyway, so I take those kinds of notes too while it's fresh in my brain um, so that I know if I, if I need that data for later. Then um, after that, then the rest of my day is a lot of um, grading and lesson planning, um, texting kids, answering emails. Um, a lot of times my afternoons are um, meetings, um, IEP meetings, I attend a lot of those. Um, and then uh, sometimes we'll have extra like help sessions in the afternoon, like if somebody's really struggling. Um, but that time is uh, students go to their specials. So if I ha hold something like that, I might be pulling them out of a special. So sometimes I don't always wanna do that. So I try to get everything done that I can in the 55 minutes that I have with them every day. Um, yeah, and I mean, that's it. I mean, it's it's not a difficult day, but it, there is a lot of grading. So if you imagine teaching high school English, there's a lot of writing. Um, so I have a lot, a lot of grading. So I'm very grateful that unlike in brick and mortar, I'm able to do my grading like throughout the day, that it isn't just something that I have to haul home with me every night and every weekend, that I can use my work time um, for that. So that's pretty typical. I mean, it changes um, days that we teacher-based team meetings. Gosh, that's a mouthful, um, you know, or data dig meetings, things like that. And then we always have um, our high school meeting and our professional development meeting um, twice a week too. So that's really kind of it.
Absolutely. I, I teach a lot more than that. I teach about eight classes a wow. day, four, <laughs> four hours a day. Oh um, my gosh. I'm thankful during this time, they've, they've, at least my school was like, Hey, you can cut off an hour Woo, too. Yeah. So that way you can, um, yeah. That's more like brick child. and mortar too. You know, when I was in brick and mortar, that's what I was doing. I was constantly yeah. teaching except for my one plan period, but I had, you know, fewer kids at one time. But I was, yeah. So, so I was going to say, I don't do a whole lot of grading. Like oh. uh, we have like two, te two teacher, I think that's changing next year. I think there's going to be a, a bit more, but, yeah. um, but, but I don't think we're going to be teaching as much next year. Yeah. So I'm think so even though I'm teaching a lot, I'm not having to grade a whole lot Ugh. like you. So yeah, <laughs> I'm not well, so there's the, there's the opposite yeah. You know, or yeah, the give and take from it. Yeah. And I, I mean, I would rather teach. I like being with the kids. I like my time with them. I know in the high school too, at least at my school that we have sort of the, luxury of maybe not having class every day because like sometimes there just isn't something new to teach and I would rather give them that 55 minutes to work on their essay so we I you know we might hold a class and just say come on in and we can all work together or some teachers might cancel a day too um, and they're allowed to do that as long as you're not like obnoxious about it and do it all the time so there are even days where you can just say hey you guys work and and so if that happens then I'm like oh I get an hour to grade so it's one more hour of grading but my preference is to be with the kids because I like them. I think someone abused that down the road at my school because we cannot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I bet. Yeah. I mean, that they really want them. you to have class, but I mean, it makes sense that if like, you know, and no, I think and that might be a high school totally thing. totally makes sense. Like yeah. I, that makes total sense to me, <laughs> but I'm just saying like, I don't have that kind of reason. No. So, oh, like, I know. Sorry. <laughs> no. Like it's cool. I'm thankful that I get this one hour. So I'm cutting down two of my small groups, combining them into my other ones. Mm -hmm. I have two small groups that were, they're gender based. So I have one that's oh, okay. boy, one that's all girl. And then my third one was, um, the one that I'm cutting is, was mixed. So I'm just okay. taking that one and adding the girls to the girls and the boys to the boys. Makes there's sense, a, there's yeah. a whole lot of research actually out there that I was curious about that proves that gender-based classes make more right. academic gains. I was like, I wonder if that's true in well, um, I went to perfect. an all girls high school. So yeah. I, yeah, I mean, I, I can honestly say like, as soon as you said it, what pops into my mind is how free I felt in high school during a time that was critical and where girls are very like sometimes, well, at least I was, I'm an awkward person, but like feeling awkward around boys or whatever. So I, you know, I, I, I fully support that, that, you yeah. know, sometimes that gender-based education, although, you know, I don't know if it works for every grade level. It might be harder to do as the kids get older. I have a lot of um, trans kids and, you know, might feel. Well, that, but what I talked about I having talk to, to, another, to one or the other. I talked to another teacher and, and she mentioned that when she does her grouping just in class, mm -hmm. they do identify. So if oh, you good. identify Perfect. as a girl, that's what they've been, Perfect. That's what yes. they've been talking about. Good, good, but, good. Um, I haven't noticed a big change with my boys, but mm -hmm. they, the ones I have are like unengaged. So, but uh, my girls, my girls are like, they have top yes. attendance or they're like 100% of the time and love it. they just I love, love it. talking to each other. So 
That's um, awesome. So yeah, and no, you wonder, is it just because it's virtual or is it because it's all Well, girls? that was my question. Yeah, that was so. my question. I'm like, is this yeah. still equitable in a virtual world? So right, right. Those are the things that I want. Like, I don't know if I'm going to do any new research in my, uh-huh. in my doctorates, but I right. just really want to know, are the things that are highly effective or high yielding right. strategies still equitable or the high yeah. yielding ones in a, in a virtual world? Right. Or they I love that. So, yeah, I love that. That's what I want to know. So yeah, me too. Keep me posted on your, yeah. uh, if you do that, because I, I'm very interested well, to see how that goes. I'm definitely yeah. curious because right now there's a lot of research that kind of supports these negative mindsets. They, that mm. prove that, um, virtual scro- schools are ineffective, but there's no identifying reason as to why they're ineffective. Oh, so, okay. At least okay. in the studies that I've read, it just says yeah. their test scores are not good. Yeah. And I'm like, well, why is that? Well, are the kids not you know attending what? their classes? Like, Right. <laughs> we talk about that a lot, in, especially when I was working in credit recovery. I think that when, when people come, some, sometimes when people choose a virtual school, sometimes it's their last choice it didn't work out in public school and you know, whatever. So we always keep that in mind because we are a huge school, as I mentioned, and our scores aren't that great sometimes, but we're just trying to help each individual kid. We want each kid to get that one year's growth in the time that we have them. And they may not be great testers. And even that growth although they're still behind, it's still growth. And like you said, that like positive mindset, they're still growing. So I think that virtual schools take a hit a lot because we have students, especially in high school, especially if your school has an entire division that's all credit recovery, we have some of the kids that are the lowest, um, you know, they, they have the least amount of credits for graduation. They, they score the, the, the worst on state testing. Their grades aren't great, but we're still working for every single kid and we're still trying to get that growth. So I think that's an issue for growth at uh, uh, virtual schools. And I'm not, I'm not an advocate for state testing. So, and I say this as a prerequisite of what I'm about to say, but if we're going to do state testing, I think there should be a pre-test at the very beginning Mm -hmm. of the year and an end of the year test. That's what I do. That's what we do. We start with the pre-tests in my classes. I want a state level test. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Not just like our own benchmark. If the state is going to decide, hey, you're an ABC or because that's what they do in my state. Yep. They need to know where we are at the very beginning. I agree. I agree. The kids, we and they do to a point. So like they base it off our last years, but we have such a high mobility rate. But the right. kids that were here last year might not be the ones that we have this year. Right, right, right. <laughs> and sometimes teachers are different. You might have a teacher who has a different style. Uh, again, like I've said, my school's huge. So even if they stayed in my school the, the whole time, they're not going to see the same teacher twice. There are five of us that teach American Lit in the high school. Uh, and that's just one grade level, you know, so you can't even just from teacher to teacher. So I I'm totally with you though, because that's what we do in our courses. They start with the pre-test. We teach, teach, they learn, they learn, they learn, they take the same test at the end. So that I agree with you 100% that that is a, a fantastic way for state tests it to run. It would cost way it too makes, much money. But I know. It makes more I know. Sense. I know. <laughs> so it's yep. never going to happen. I know, <laughs> but, <sighs> but <should>. I agree. <laughs> it should absolutely. Maybe if at some point they could move to all like, uh, 
online testing from wherever, like, you know, like our state testing, they have to be in person, you know, they still Absolutely, do it on a computer, but, there's, but we in person. If we but, took our, like when we take our certification test, we go to yeah. a testing center. I feel like right. there should be testing centers and yeah. parents could take, I mean, it wouldn't be. Take them at for, any time or something. Yeah. yeah. Just offer that test too. <laughs> well, you know what, even, even like taking it at home, because like, if you've done the um, Google certified educator, if you take that test, you have to have your webcam on yeah. and you, your browser's locked. So yeah. why can't that technology be created? Cause I think we'd get more people taking the state test too. Cause that's another thing that we, we struggle with is having to chase down kids to get them to testing. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's what I do in my class. Like when, it, but there's not a, right. that's I'm on this new row committee. I'm like, you know, what would be great. Oh, nice. You know, yes. it'd be absolutely fantastic. Is if even when I put them in breakout rooms, if I could still see all see of their them. cameras yeah. on one screen, that yeah. would be, that great. would be wonderful. I know. I put it down. Who knows what will happen <laughs> good, with good. That. Because that's what I do right now with my test is um, right. with my NWEA map. I have them mm -hmm take it with their webcam on and they share their screen right, so I can right. see it and they have to have right. their mics on too. So yeah, I'm just so not in hear. the room the entire time. I'm like quickly I, going through. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. So see, we could get this pre-test implemented. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> we just need oh my gosh. all the states and federal yes. government behind Hey, us. you know what? I mean, it's probably really wishful thinking, but with everything that's going around or going on, you don't know. I mean, it's true. Edu education's changing and I, I see more schools looking for a virtual option. So I know that the state, at least my state, probably all the states, they didn't want to like cancel uh, testing. Um, obviously, they had to. So, you know, I think. Well, they, yeah, like I told you, find a way to do they, it. Made, they made us stop, made our virtual school stop mm. too, because right. I think they, they, they never actually said it, but I think yeah. it's because they no, thought we were going to do point. state testing and yeah. they didn't want us to have two weeks of a leg up. Right, right. So, I'm, well, I'm, and that's what's going to happen is our kids are getting normal instruction, completely normal. So they are. Yeah, no, I feel bad up. for all the seniors out there, at all the I other know. schools, and they're not, they're not getting this last. It was kind of convenient though because this coronavirus hit right after the third quarter. Like, yeah, <laughs> so, like, it was really kind of convenient. As right, grades go and right, right. <laughs> no. Although our school, we already have a list of the kids that are on track for the seniors. So if they're on track, they're going to graduate. But if they're not that's those are the ones that are going to get stuck probably having to wait another year and that's what we're doing with our already yeah um with our rsa law we won't be able to use their state mm -hmm. tests but we can use their end of the year tests that we take like we right. can but right. all the other schools right like they they they, they have they to can. do whatever was at the end of the third quarter right <laughs> so, right yeah like, <laughs> it's just uh, uh it's awful gosh. i feel so bad for them but this yeah it really kind of reinforces that everything you believe about online teaching is still teaching right. because our kids right. are getting right and i'm not saying that to be like negative but right because they're doing the best thing that they possibly can but our right. kids are getting a better quality education they are they are yeah any other schools in the country absolutely so. absolutely <laughs> yep yeah especially the ones for you know that all the the schools that the kids don't have devices like if it's a school that has one-to-one -one devices they might be doing okay but you know it's still it's a lot, it's a big change too, to, to just be thrown into it. So it is. And a lot yeah. of them are using or don't want to use zoom, which is something like I, t I talked about on, I was like, 
virtual yeah. teaching is not for the faint of heart. You got to right. be willing to learn <laughs> and you got to be willing to oh, change yeah. on a yep. regular basis. Yep. Oh yeah. And I remember when I first started, I mean, there's so many things that I was like, oh wow. You know, because you, some of it is so different from brick and mortar and then the whole technical aspect of it. You're right. It's like, you know, you have to, you got to jump right in and like you said, be ready to, uh, yeah, one year was like a really <laughs> challenging year where we ha we taught like 24 hours um, a week, which was about this what I'm doing now, but every day. So eight oh about gosh. eight classes every day. And, but we didn't have to. We that was when advisors and CFA we we call our community family advisors they okay. were implemented. So they were doing a lot of the communication and a lot of like the engagement tracking mm. so all we yeah. had to do was worry about the academic side of things yep and my partner was like is this what it was like last year I'm like no but don't worry <laughs> don't worry it's not gonna be like this next right. year yeah. either like it's, it's different every year and it has yeah. been yeah and, but, but I will say every year it gets better like I yeah I, I enjoy this job more and more every year and yeah. um and that's why I guess what I'm saying is that the wheel isn't being invented right now. Nope. We are still developing it. We're changing yep. it, realigning it, right. uh, testing it out on different terrain. Like Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> it is. And everybody is understanding what the, you know, what the wheel can do. What some things that we've already known, they're yeah. They're catching on. So yeah. hopefully it helps uh, you know, make people understand that, you know, virtual teaching is still teaching and yeah. that, you know. It's definitely not um, the same as like VIP kids. That is teaching. Yeah. I'm not saying oh, that yeah. it's not, but nope, it's different. It definitely is, but it's, it's very different. It's different than homeschooling. It's different than the school down the street. Yep. But that's the thing. I guess whenever my husband asks me, like I make him try a drink, like a diet style drink or a yeah. different recipe, like what is this? Is it going to taste exactly <laughs> the same? I'm like, no, Daryl, because it's different. Right. Don't have the expectation <laughs> that it's going to be the be same. Different. Yeah. It is or different. different. Right. And I guess that's what yeah. I would say to anyone that has a negative mindset or not a full understanding of what virtual teaching is, is that it is different. Yeah. But it is, it is. still so much the same as well. It's just done yeah. a little bit it's differently. It's different, but not less. That's right. another thing not that less. I like to. Yeah. Absolutely that I like love that. to. Yeah. Um, that it's a sticker that I've been sort of thinking about doing next. So <laughs> different, not different, less. not less, but, like and, that. and, but, and that's exactly what it is, you know, because it's just, it's just, it's a different way. And I mean, if you, people are open to, um, you know, any other changes in their life or any other different ways of doing it, you've got to be open to things that are different and changes for education as well. So um, just because you might not know about virtual teaching or have heard negative things about virtual teaching, it doesn't mean that that's, that's what it is. I would definitely say that's another thing because there's another virtual school in my state that I think we've previously talked about mm -hmm. and it, it's done some shady things. And mm -hmm. I think that might be where it's coming from too, is that we had a big one that was in the yeah, news. I remember you that, saying yeah, that. They yeah. closed and they had done a lot of shady things. And so, but I, you know, I'm proud of K-12. <laughs> so, oh, I you, know, I know, you know, I can <laughs> say that, that we do things by the book and there are some things that they're very strict upon or strict on. And I'm guessing that the other school wasn't doing those things or maybe isn't doing those things. Um, 
but yeah, we, they're very by the book and very legit. So <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know really where it's coming from, but hopefully um, they hear this conversation because right. uh, there's really no reason to have a negative mindset towards virtual teaching per se. Right. I think that's the same for most anything is that, you know, there might be one or two rotten eggs in anywhere, yeah. but generally yep. speaking, virtual teacher, yeah. there is a place for virtual schools and being a absolutely. virtual teacher and it's supporting a lot of kids and absolutely and kids who I really can, need it yeah and hopefully I can find or develop some uh yes some research that proves that because I would love that uh, good for you I'm glad you're doing it and it needs to be done it does it we might I'm, I'm wondering if we need to tweak some of our strategies to be better but oh yeah um, yeah definitely but or at least or do but my thing is is that and also I guess I'll I won't talk, but anyway my my main concern <laughs> is maybe like the kids who do really well have really strong learning coaches yes and the kids who 100%. do not don't or don't know how Correct. to be good learning coaches and that Correct. might be the key <laughs> yep is how no, can I, we yep how we can have we does your school have learning coach academy we do a I don't know what they do in middle school and high school but we have a boot camp at the beginning of the year and when okay. these kids come in and they I don't know what they're I know what I do I teach right <laughs> I teach them all but like for the new kids that come in I don't mm -hmm. need those for they the leads do and I'm right and you asked me that and I just don't know what they're well, doing. Well, it's, it, it's it, I didn't know if it was the whole K-12 thing or if it was just my school. It's actually something that goes year round and it's, um, I'm not involved in it, but some teachers teach classes to the learning coaches. So if you've got learning coaches who might be struggling with algebra one, a teacher will go in and give like an algebra one class to help the learning coaches then be able to help the students. Um, gotcha. So, but again, my school is gigantic. I think our staff is around like 650. So, oh my um, God. Yeah, that's our, a lot. yeah. So our staff <laughs> is probably as big as some schools. <laughs> um, so, I mean, when we're, you're a bigger school, you have more people that you can do things like that. But, um, but that, that's an option. I mean, that's something that, you know, maybe the learning coaches aren't so great because they weren't good students themselves and they're embarrassed well, to admit it, but they might come to something like that, you know? I don't my know. My thing is like, <laughs> hey, let's just make sure our kids are showing up on time to yeah, their class, that too. Mm -hmm. completing their work. Mm -hmm. so the kids that I see that struggle the most are the ones who are not even doing the bare minimum. Like, right. you know what I For mean? sure. Yep. They're not doing yeah. their work. They're not coming to class to learn the skills. Like, yep. Yep. So like at an yep. elementary realm, most of us should know how to, to do right. fourth grade skills. Like, That's true. <laughs> so. yeah. It gets a little harder in high school, but you're absolutely just, right. Can we just not treat this like a traditional school where you just set your kid in front of the computer and then you go? Yeah do yeah. whatever you're doing or and that's you know. that's kind of what needs to definitely be um enunciated to some of the learning coaches yeah. for sure yeah um I'm working I agree. on a book <laughs> I'm working nice. on a, like a <laughs> survival I have lots of ideas there's lots of things I want to do and I'm yeah and I and I'm thankful that this is kind of this podcast happened because mm -hmm. it's really ignited this like love for for I've always had a love for virtual teaching. I've always right. had a love for teachers, 
but I'm able to connect in a way that I haven't been able to before. And so right, right. this collaboration, because that's, I guess that's where I'm trying to go is by talking to other teachers, these right. are my ideas have come yes, they've been sparked yeah. from you guys. So Right, right. Yeah. Well, even just a conversation too. I mean, the more you talk, then like something you said sparks my brain, something right. I said sparks yours. So it's like you get that back and forth and, and uh, that's where ideas happen. And yeah. Well, knowing that we're coming up on like the end of our time, is there anything else that you think people who have no idea what virtual teaching is what should know? Yeah, you know, I just, I would say just walk a mile in our shoes or come see what we do because I think that you're, they might be judging because they don't know or something they've heard that may or may not be true. So we are, virtual teaching is still teaching. Virtual school is still school. Um, we're, it's important for us to exist. We service a lot of people who need us. My school in particular, because of the size, look at how many people in Ohio we are servicing. So, you know, that's saying that it's a very important entity we're needed. So um, just, you know, give us a chance, take a look at what we're doing, come visit a virtual teacher's home, uh, see what we're doing. And um, we're just, we're different, but not less. We talked about so much differences, but Throughout the entire conversation, we also talked about all, all of teaching is teaching. Whether it's online, whether it's virtual, whether it's distance, whether it's in a brick and mortar building, or if it's private, or it's tutoring, or it's ELA from, from the United States to China, wherever it's at, teaching is teaching. And it's my hope that there are no more lines between us that we feel supported because it's not just a hashtag, teachers support teachers, it should be a mindset. There should be no more lines between us, no more. Yes, there will always be the virtual teaching community, there'll be the traditional school community, there will be all these different communities, but it is my hope that we are still one community because we are all teachers, all with the same goal of supporting our students. Thank you all so much for listening. We will see you next week. Don't forget Monday for Mini Monday PD as we continue our journey through virtual, the word virtual. Don't forget to follow Julie on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. On Instagram, it's educating underscore muggles. Twitter, it's educate muggles, all one word. And then she can be found on LinkedIn, Julie Harley. Remember, everyone, have a great weekend. Be brave. Take a risk. But most of all, have fun. See you next time. Bye.